Although I would assume that Seth Rogen has a hairy chest. Oh, I feel like he has a lot of hairy places <laughs> on his body. Why, why did you say it like that? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or Seth Rogen. <laughs> Just assume he has hairy places. I do assume he has hairy places. I'm not saying it like in a rude way. It's just I think it's factual. Well, the way it, it came across was kind of strange. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. But... <laughs> well, I mean, you thought it. I said it. Whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You've joined us here for a brand new year. That means you love romantic comedies. We do as well. So, this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? Today we have the, the 40 year old virgin. virgin. And if you want to reach out to us on Instagram and TikTok at romcom rewind, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Follow us, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you know, hit all those buttons, all those bells so that you're notified when, when we have new uh, new stuff. And we just love chatting with you and connecting with you on Instagram. We have a message from Colleen. She said, I found your podcast about a month or so ago, and I love listening to you so much. It's really great listening to fellow Canadians, too. My two suggestions from my youth, 1990s, are Circle of Friends and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral, classic. Definitely. Keep up the awesome episodes and congrats on your wedding. Thank you, Colleen. Yeah, and if you want to reach out, you have suggestions, you want to talk to us about something you heard on a pod, please reach out on Instagram. So The 40-Year-Old Virgin is a 2005 romantic comedy directed by Judd Apatow. I always say his name wrong. I don't know if it's Apatow or Apatow. I think I say Apatow, but I could be wrong as well. I'm sorry, Judd. You're only like (laughs) one of the most famous comedy directors of all time. The 40-Year-Old Virgin is the story of Andy, played by Steve Carell. He's a... A shy, quiet stock supervisor at an electronics store. Andy is 40 years old. And I assume this is not a spoiler. We learn that our guy Andy has never had sex before. He is 40 years old and he's a virgin. When his coworkers and like kind of friends, uh, David, that's Paul Rudd, Jay, that's Romney Malco, and Cal, that's Seth Rogen, when they learn of Andy's secret, they each pledge to help him lose his virginity through a long series of, I think, what mostly turn out to be horribly, ho- horrible advice to comedic effect. Oh, yes, definitely. Meanwhile, Andy is uh, kind of crushing on this girl named Trish, who we meet, who works across the street. She's played by Katherine Keener. What are our thoughts on the 40-year-old virgin? Over the years... Did you glue this? I wish I had some scissors. Ow! Andy Stitzer has lost a lot of girlfriends. Sorry. But there's one thing he never lost. Are you a virgin? Oh, you are hilarious. Mmm, <laughs> this is good. You're a virgin! How can you go 40 years and not have sex? I just kind of stopped trying. We gotta help the man. We cannot let you go on being a virgin. Oh, I'm sorry. You gotta highlight your attributes. Just wax that whole Teen Wolf thing off. No! Kelly Clarkson! Help! I hate you! Stop smiling! You look like a man-o'-lantern. The problem most men have is they don't know how to talk to women. What am I well, supposed to say? This is a classic now? comedy oh. with a slight, you know, little bit of rom here. Um, I love Steve Carell. I mean, blows Kevin Bacon out of the water. Um, <laughs> just had to throw that in there. Wow. And uh, just the cast is so good. It's so typical of Judd Apatow. He even has, has his wife in there, Leslie Mann. And he's... She's in all his movies, which I always I always love that. Yeah. And actually, his kids are also in some of the movies that he does, too. Well, they're in Knocked Up. I know that. They're are they in up. this? And they're also in This is 40. Oh. Yeah. He likes that 40-year-old vibe here, I guess. <laughs> um, no, this movie's so fun. It's so good. The cast is so great. They feed off of each other. A lot of it's improvised. Um, it's a fun, easy watch. Like, you have a lot of fun watching it. You, you can't go wrong with the 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. I, I So, first off... Is this Judd's greatest movie ever? You don't need to answer right now oh, because yeah, I I okay. think we need to rank all of his movies. This one's extremely close to the top for me, but um, we'll, we'll do that in a bit. I, I agree, say. though. This movie is so good. It never stops being funny. And even like I must have watched this. This is probably like my sixth watch. <laughs> I know what jokes are coming. Yeah. I, I know exactly. I could almost say it verbatim while they're doing it. 
and it's it, it doesn't stop being funny. It's true. You know, like the jokes, even if you know the punchline, it's still funny. We also get um, a lot of great actors, I think, playing their best characters. This might be my favorite Steve Carell. Really? Top three Steve Carell roles. Wow. So okay, okay. Good. What are the other two? Oh, the other two. I mean, Anchorman's tough. He's kind of... Oh, my God. I love Lamp. He's a sideline character in that, but he's so good in that. It's it's his line delivery in that and the lines that they provide him in Anchorman. Yeah. I am a true lover of the movie Anchorman. <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. And, I mean, Michael Scott from The Office has got to be number one. Definitely. But the thing about this role is it's like, it's like a 30% Michael Scott. Like, you can feel a little bit of that character in this role, I think. It's very interesting that you say that. Oh. Because in the quick facts today, I will kind of dive into um, that a little bit more. It's very... Oh, look at you. Hey! You, yes. Did I totally nail it? I'm nailing it right now. Um. Well... I think this movie came out after season one was taped. So like the six episodes of season one, The Office. Okay. And so they kind of changed Michael Scott's character a little bit moving into season two. And so I'll dive more into that oh, in the quick facts. What a tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jane Lynch, this is probably my favorite role that she's done. She's hilarious. I did really like her in Glee though too. I right. Was, yeah, I was a Glee fan. Uh, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd. I mean, they, they've all had so many great roles, but mm-hmm. these are some of the best. Romney Malco, um, I forgot how much I loved him in this one. See, Paul Rudd, he's done so many great movies. Uh, like, I love you, man. He was really fun and clueless. He is yeah. great as Ant-Man. There's a lot of movies that he's done where I'm like, oh, I think you've, you're, this is a fun one, but he's a little bit of a sob story in this one a little bit. The, the others that he's done is so good. Anyway, yes. Well, you know what, digress. we've brought up so many of mm-hmm. Judd Apatow's people. Yes. Let, let's do the ranking right now. Okay, fun. So, so I'll, I'll name the movies. There are five key ones that I think he's directed. There's okay. Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Trainwreck, This Is 40, Pineapple Express. So those are the ones he's directed. I'm going to add in ones that he's produced, though. Anchorman, Superbad, Step Brothers, Bridesmaids, Talladega Nights, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek. I'll go five to number one for me. Oh, okay. So number five for me is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Okay. So this movie that we're doing. Four is Superbad. I think I went to the movies three times to watch it in (laughs) in the movie theater. Uh, Three is Anchorman. God, I love that movie. That movie is a true gem. Two, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Number one, Bridesmaids. Hands down, so good. So good. I can quote that entire movie. I just, I can't live without it. Bridesmaids. Yes. Okay, so so I agree with um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's actually my number one. Okay. I think that's a perfect it, movie. It is phenomenal. I can't wait. We, we haven't done that yet. No, we have not. Oh, we have not done it yet. Man. It is one of my favorites. Um... Number two for me is 40-Year-Old Virgin. I think this really? one, is, it's so good, Sarah. Okay, okay. Uh, it's it's good. It's three? Like it's what, good. what do you mean it's comparing, good? When I'm comparing it to all the other ones, like, you know, this is a great movie. So three is Knocked Up, four is Anchorman, five is super bad. So we're, we're okay, pretty close. Okay, we are pretty close. Bridesmaids is really the outlier. That's number six for me. I, I had it just outside my top five. Okay, honorable mention for me is Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. Man, Step Brothers doesn't even make my top ten. Oh, Step Brothers is so funny. So much room for activity. So much room for us. Like, I love that movie. That movie is so good. You yeah, can't, like, it's You good. can't even say that it's not in your top 10. Can't, I can't no, believe it's, that. It's Why? Why? The Catalina Wine Mixer? Come oh, on. I always wanted a shirt that said the Catalina Wine Mixer. Okay. The <laughs> thing about Step Brothers is that there's like 10 quotable lines from it that everybody loves. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? But you actually watch the movie and it's like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, but the, okay. The, the I can't remember off the top of my head who plays the parents, but they are so good. Isn't Catherine Keener one of the parents? No. No. Different no. person. Different person. She okay. plays a lot of like a, a mother role yeah. in a lot of movies though. Judd Apatow has done some really stellar movies in the 2000s. Um, I wish he'd do more. I know he kind of stopped doing them, but um, hopefully he'll he'll do a few more um, in the coming years because it is a very niche um, way to do comedy though. Like Superbad, like I don't know if I, if I watch Superbad now, will I be like because when it came out was i at the eight, the perfect age to watch it and it, it's kind of become an interesting thing that all these actors who he's worked with they've now gone on to do more writing producing and directing so it's almost like it's almost like he trained the people who would take over his roles cuz like Seth Rogen 
just did a movie where he directed, but it's very similar to Superbad. It's kind of mm-hmm. like it was the new Superbad. It wasn't quite as good. Yeah, was Jason Segel's doing more directing and producing. So they also went on to do more serious roles, like yeah. um, Jonah Hill. Oh, Jonah. Right, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. You know, he did some more uh, serious roles. So, like they've all kind of branched out from the comedy, SNL skitty type type comedy. Yeah, it's like the acting tree of Judd Apatow movies. It is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we kind of see him wake up in the morning, and he has quite the morning routine. He, you know, takes a bath. I personally, I don't have, I barely have enough time in the morning to take a shower. He makes a wonderful breakfast for himself, places everything. He's very meticulous. He's very specific, I find. You know, he reviews his calendar. He reviews what he needs to do for the day. He has everything laid out very specifically. Um... Do you think that this is to keep his sex drive in check? Like, this was like a question I had. Like, what? does he do all these things because he has sex on the on his mind all the time? Like, because he's not having it. I think it's the complete opposite. You think it's the complete opposite because it's just so null and void. Like, he just doesn't have it in his life. He yeah, know. I, I think like he doesn't really know what he's missing. I uh, think he's just makes, so. Yeah, okay. He's not in a relationship. He has no kids. He has nothing. Nobody to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. So he does exactly what Andy wants to do every single day. And every day, he wants to play trombone, baby. Yeah, he plays trombone in the morning. I'm like, oh my god, your neighbors must hate you. <laughs> I would hate you. He's just doing, nobody can tell him what not to do. So he's going to take a bath every single day. I guess that's true. Cause like you see him painting his miniatures, um, yeah. that kind of thing. I, I, that's a good point. I and don't know. Nobody's that's there to I... be like, Andy, you're 40. Should, is, is that a proper hobby? Which, you know what? Anybody who has figured like. All the power to you. Yeah. All the power to you. But there's. Miniatures, <laughs> miniatures are a big thing right now, actually. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, he works at. Um, a store called Smart Tech as the stock guy. And uh, his co-workers slash kind of friends, they invite him to a poker night. And so he goes reluctantly. They all think he's a serial killer um, <laughs> because he's he's single. He lives alone. He doesn't have a car. He bikes everywhere. He doesn't really do anything outside of his single hobbies. He's kind of quiet and shy as yeah. well at work. Hard to read. And he doesn't really divulge a lot about his personal life because he does everything by himself so his personal life is really truly his personal life um but he's blowing them all out of the water during this poker game because he plays online poker by himself um (laughs) and they end up getting into a conversation about chatting about their sex lives and they figure out through this conversation and through um his lack of expertise with um saying that a woman's boob feels like uh a bag of sand no woman wants to ever hear that. Um, and through asking him more questions, that he is actually a virgin. No, I've borked a lot of women in my day. You borked? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yo, answer this question. Are you a virgin? <laughs> Are you a virgin? Yeah, yeah, not since I was 10. It all makes sense. You're a virgin. I am. Shut up. How does that happen? He's a fucking virgin. Oh, I knew it. That makes so much sense, man. Look, he's a virgin. You guys, wait, 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 wait. You guys are hilarious. All right, all right, all right. Come on, don't be mean. I don't know. I mean, I guess because he's 40, it's kind of a big deal. But like, I don't know. I don't. Who really cares? You can say that it's not a big deal. But like, if I'm hanging out with my guys and one dude is in his 40s and is like, yeah, I'm a virgin. That that's now the topic of the evening. We are. How did this occur? Or how did this not occur? Bring me through every single relationship you've ever had. It was a very accurate conversation they had. You know what? This actually reminds me of a story. Um, Well, so I was in uh, Amsterdam and I was traveling with a group of people. One of the guys that we were with, I think he was, I don't know, 19 or 20. And he was a virgin. I don't know how we figured it out. I, again, don't care. But the guys who I was with... Oh, they made a deal of Took it. it upon themselves to hire him. Um, we were in Amsterdam. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I know where this is going. To hire him, I think, I don't know if they ended up doing it or they were bringing him to do it, like down one of the streets yeah. in Amsterdam. I don't know. I can't really, yeah. And um, I, I don't think he ended up going through with it. Like he Thank didn't, God. Yes, very much so. I was like a little worried. I was like, oh my God, this 
kid like he's 19 20 like no don't have his first time be with somebody in Amsterdam in like a weird boxed room with glass like yeah, no yeah um but it reminded me of that like just like the guys taking it upon themselves to say hey man we're gonna help you get laid and then doing everything possible to, to help this kid get laid yeah okay so if you were still single uh what top five hobbies would you still have or top five like weird items that you'd still have if you were single so andy is into trombone he has like an amazing video game chair he does online poker miniature figure figurines right he's got like a gi joe collection well he has like an intense comic book collection he has an intense figurine like comic or not comic um superhero collection that kind of thing yeah it's extensive if i was still single like almost every single dude i know mm-hmm. i'd definitely into be into bitcoin Right, Bitcoin. You, if you're a single oh guy in God. 2022, you are all about cryptocurrency. You're trying to get your friends in on it. I can't even grasp like what Bitcoin is. Well, good so. thing you're not a single guy. I know. Guy, good thing. Good you, thing I'm not. You would need to learn. <laughs> I guess I would. <laughs> um, I probably have a stupid collection of like rocks or coins or something. Oh, I'd definitely be pl- playing more paintball. Yeah. Paintball. Yeah. And um, you know how? So later on in the movie. Paul Rudd's character, I think Cal, mentions that um, <laughs> mentions like the Asia poster mm-hmm. that Andy has. Asia, like the band. Yeah, yeah, the band. Yeah. I used to have <laughs> those like uh, psychedelic posters where it's like a forest and they're like mushrooms, but the mushrooms are kind of like morphed a little bit and it's kind of like smoky and hazy and it's very like whimsical, Lord of the Ringsy, but also like it feels a little bit like you've done some mushrooms. I used to have like two or three of those oh, posters. Wow. Yeah. I'd probably still have them. One of the first things his now new friends uh, do is they take him out to a bar and they end up hanging out with a bachelorette party. Oh, easy. That's 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 an easy and he, shot to make. Totally. He picks up Leslie Mann's character, who is Judd Apatow's wife, um, who drinks and clearly drinks and drives. Yeah, he gets into the vehicle. Yeah. It's like a little bit comedic. It's a little bit like, ooh, cringy. cringy. But she asks him, hey, have you been drinking tonight? And Andy's like, no. And she's like, blow in this. And it's yeah. a breathalyzer. So clearly her vehicle. Blow into her court-ordered breathalyzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this? And um, the judge recommended I get one. Can I say, though, she does bring up something. She's drunk. And she's like, let's go get French toast. Which I found so <laughs> Interesting because I'm like, if I'm drunk, do I want French toast? No, probably I don't. not. It's too sugary. Yeah. But like, interesting take, Leslie Man. I don't know her actual character's name. I'm just gonna call her Leslie Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your best secret drunk food that okay. like you wouldn't think about having, but low key? That I wouldn't think about having. But, but no, no, no. That people wouldn't think about having, but oh. you know for a fact, Sarah would love this when she's been drinking. So in university, we used to have a place called Ish and Chips, and it was fish and chips. I don't know why they left the F Without off. Without the F. F off. Um, oh, dude, don't say fish and, and chips. That's disgusting. And we would go after the bar <laughs> to get it. fish and chips. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then and then beside it was a, like, um, I think they also had like a grilled <laughs> cheese place. But yeah. And I don't even really like fish. That's worse than French That's toast. That's the weird thing. That's horrible, Sarah. I know. I'm telling you. Would, you. would you have like the sauce with it? Like the tartar sauce? Oh, I don't remember. Oh. Uh, I was drunk. Fish? Fish when you're drunk? Yeah, I know, right? Well, it's battered fish, obviously. Still. Like fish and chips. Um, and then the other place that we'd always go, was, uh, it was called <laughs> Mel's Diner, and it was open 24 hours a day. So we would go, yeah. and we would have like just breakfast food. But, you know, you can always, you can never do wrong with a poutine. Oh, yeah, poutine's classic. Poutine's yeah, great. Yeah. It like soaks up all of that alcohol for you. The fish and chips, yeah, though, Sarah. Threw you for a loop, What eh? were you guys thinking? I don't know, but it was really good. Like, it was probably the best fish and chips Ugh. I ever ate. And then, I think in my last year, it burnt down, and um, what popped up was a grilled cheese place. So we would go there Oh, after. that would be great. Yeah, grilled cheese, that yeah. was really good. Fish and chips. Yeah. I'm, a, um, I'm a drunk shawarma guy. I love shawarma. shawarma. Hell yeah. Too much garlic sauce for me, like, at that time, Oh, I man, think. give me the garlic. Oh, Give me, no. And that's the thing, too, when you're drunk and they're like, what do you want? Just say everything. everything. It's always everything. Oh, you know? my God. Um, yeah, because you don't really care what you're eating Yeah, anyway. it doesn't matter. As long as it's salty and it'll soak up some alcohol. To be honest, the shawarma shop that I would normally go to, like downtown Ottawa, they wouldn't even ask. You just ask, like, beef chicken, and then they just put everything on it. 
they knew you didn't care. No. It was like a, a silent understanding. Yeah. You just want all this shit. As long as you paid, you're there. You were good. Exactly. I do want to throw out Devin's classic hangover cure. It's the citrus Sorry. mistress of headache removal. You named it now. Yep. Okay. Just any type of orange, mandarin, or clementines. The night that you have been drinking, you wake up just right as rain. Just just dandy. Feeling refreshed for the day. Oh, it works every time. Sarah can even attest. I can. Am I wrong? No, but you're also very functional when you're hungover. I am a Because I eat the mandarins the night before. We don't always have mandarins, although he will sometimes the next morning, like, we'll go out to get breakfast and he will just chug either OJ or apple juice. It's important. That is important to a successful (laughs) hangover. I love it. Or a successful non-hangover, really. Yeah, I mean, I feel like next time... You know, I'll have to try that. So the following morning, he's not hungover, but he helps a woman with a VCR. He is not a sales, he's not a sales rep, but he is the stock guy. However, um, one of his new friends uh, throws him onto the floor and says, you got to help this woman. So he helps her with a VCR and gets her number. She's very, very nice. Turns out that she works across the street at an eBay reselling store that she owns. Her name is Trish. This is the love interest. And, um... All of his friends say, no, 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 don't call her. Don't call her right now. When do you call a girl if she has given you her number? You give it at least 24 hours. I was going to say, if you say the three-day rule, go fly a kite. Not quite three days. I mean, you you need to... I mean, they're a little bit older. I, I, I hate to play the whole... Like, in your 20s, yeah, sure, three days. When you're in your three 30s, oh my dude, God. like, people, like, we're all about, let, let's be efficient with our time, I feel, when you're dating a little bit older. They're in their 40s. Sure, give her, give it 24 hours. Call her around the same time the next day. How okay, I think I think that's reasonable. I would agree. Like, I don't think, but I think the whole three-day rule, I think that's just bad advice given to men by... I have no idea who. Like, I have no idea who came up with that rule. Uh, the three-day rule is not bad. It's well, not bad. Okay, why is it bad? I feel like I'd be like, okay, this guy doesn't care. Goodbye. Exactly. And then all of a sudden I do call and, no. whoa, that's, hey, There is way too exciting. much, way too many other things like catfishing to deal with in this day and age. <laughs> and, uh, and like, all the uh, all the online dating tools now. Like, Have you ever been catfished? Um... No. Wow. Look at that. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. It's a pandemic of catfishing. (laughs) We got to watch out for it. No, but like I think just with like, um, with Tinder. Is it Tinder? Is that what it's called? Are you actually asking me if it's Tinder? Is it Tinder? Yes. Okay. Tinder, Bumble. I don't know. There's Facebook. uh, There's Facebook dating now. Uh, There's just so many things to like that you can instantly chat with somebody that why would you wait three days now for somebody to call you when you can literally converse with somebody over a conversation app instantly. Okay. So because he is a virgin, he gets advice from one of his friends that says, don't have sex with somebody you like the first time. Instead, have somebody have sex with someone random or that you have no feelings because once you get to the person you do like, then you have some idea of how to have sex. It shouldn't matter if you have had ever had sex or not. You would have sex with the person you like mm, for the first time. I disagree with that. Why? I think they're absolutely right. What? No, that's such a guy way to think. Like that's like where did this advice come from? From a guy. A hundred percent this is a guy way of thinking. There is so much Sarah Devon animosity on this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh no, they're they're absolutely right. Cause I would be like if I actually like you and I've never done it before, there's a lot of anxiety that first time. How's the performance gonna be? I everything's better when you practice it once. Even if you're presenting, you know, in front of a classroom or in front of some bosses, you, you you read that presentation out ahead of time, right? Yeah, but what if it's... Am I wrong? What if it's her first time, too? Wouldn't you want to do the first time together? Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's important. She, <laughs> well, come on now. She has three kids. It's not her first time. Immaculate conception. <laughs> three times. <laughs> three times. <laughs> Mary. I'm just saying, you know, when a batter goes up to swing, he, he's been swinging a few times in the batting cage before he actually gets up to the mound. But I feel like it's sweet. Like, it would be... Oh, my God. Stop it, Sarah. I don't know. I, I agree to disagree, I think, with this one. <laughs> just because I think it's such a guy way of thinking. 
So he does end up calling her and immediately hangs up. Yeah. I think we've all been there growing up with, you know, landlines. We have called somebody's house, whether it's our friend or some our crush. Oh. And of course, the parents answer because really, how often did I answer the phone at my house? Not not overly often, but sure. yeah, it would be it would be my friend's parents and I'd immediately hang up because I'd be afraid. We would find our teachers in the phone book and the, the oh annoying ones any, anyway. God. We would prank call them. But we would just like wait until they answered. And then we'd hang up and be like, oh my God, we got her. Like, what? we didn't get her. She answered the phone and we hung up. That's all it was. Like, <laughs> What a loser. <laughs> like, we didn't prank you. <laughs> oh my God. But we thought we did. Yes. And that probably made you feel ecstatic. Oh, man. oh yeah. Surprised. Elated. And then we'd go into class the next day. Like, do you think she knows? Do you think she thinks it's us? Okay, so what is the number one scene from this movie? You remember, we all have those scenes. And of course, it's my best scene. Let's be honest. Mm. What is that scene that we all remember from this movie? Yeah, it's uh, Elizabeth Banks in the tub uh, pleasuring herself okay, it for is, sure. Okay, it is not. <laughs> definitely. No? <laughs> definitely not. It's the waxing scene. It's the scene. waxing scene. Everybody knows it's the waxing scene. I actually scene. forgot about that Elizabeth Banks scene. <laughs> like, God. That is... You're absurd. It's the waxing it's scene. It's the waxing. Yes, yes, I know. Is that your best scene as well? Uh, no, because I knew it would be yours, so I had to pick something else. Oh, so else. the Elizabeth Banks in the bathtub is your best scene. No, but, but and I don't want to get too gross here, Yeah. but as a 15-year-old boy oh, watching this movie for God. the first time, that scene did stick out. I'll be honest. I bet it did. Yeah. I bet anyway, it did. Moving on swiftly, the waxing scene. Is your best scene? Yes, it is my okay. best scene. So Jay, Romney Malco's character, convinces Andy... Listen, you got like a werewolf thing going on under your shirt. We gotta, we gotta clean you up a little bit. And I still don't. I, I, I never understood why the rest of the guys were there. I think they all just wanted to watch another dude get waxed. Hundred percent, they wanted to watch another guy get waxed. But Cal, Seth Rogen, and David, Paul Rudd, are all there. All, all four of them are there. But Andy is getting waxed, and they're just, yeah, watch it. Was he actually getting waxed? Is that a quick fact? It is a quick fact. Mm. So uh, I will say yes. Oh. He was genuinely like getting waxed that was them waxing his chest hair off of his body which is remarkable because i guess you only get one shot at that scene you do <laughs> you very much so then do. they're tearing hair off his body yeah yeah um i mean everybody remembers him you know steve carell yelling there's some good lines in that scene um that just kill me that is the best scene um for me anyway in this movie i just think it's like it's classic and when you think of this movie you think of this scene do you think that it is important when you're going on a date or when you like like to to do that kind of stuff like the um the the waxing that's kind of what his friends were saying you know you got to look you got to look the part. You got to look be prim, not prim proper, but like you got to, you got to wax the areas that are important to wax. Do you agree with that? Somewhat without getting into too much detail. I think there's a more important area to make sure is. Oh, wow. Okay. Trimmed. Yep. If that makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to really dance around it, but I don't see, cause I don't think a, a hairy chest is unattractive. No. But. Other things, I'd be like, you, you, you trim that up a little bit. You know, don't wax it, but just like. Clearly, the other guys, I think, maybe don't have as much chest hair. And so that was an important piece for them Clearly to clean not. up. Although, I would assume that Seth Rogen has a hairy chest. Oh, I feel like he has a lot of hairy places <laughs> on his body. <laughs> why, why did you say it like that? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Poor Seth Rogen. <laughs> Just assume he has hairy places. I do assume he has hairy places. God. I'm not saying it like in a rude way. It's just I think it's factual. Well, the way it came across was kind of do strange. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. But... <laughs> well, I mean, you thought it. I said it. Whatever. <laughs> so Seth Rogen does say, plant a lot of seeds. The more seeds you plant, the more pot you get to smoke. 100%. And so... You agree with this wholeheartedly. Yeah, like like he's there. using that to... An analogy. An analogy to apply to hitting on women. You know, you hit on oh. 10 women, one of them might say yes, and the nine more say no. So you just know how many women you need to hit on before one of them say yes. 
It's like I've got a friend who works in sales, and they've got a pitch target. So it's like if I want to make $1,000 today, I know I need to pitch X amount of dollars because so many people are going to say no to me. Oh, wow. So it's the same just, with hitting on girls. You're, you're shooting. If I know uh, only 10% of women are going to say yes, oh my well, that's God. great. I'm going to hit on 10 women every day, and one of them is going to say yes every day. <laughs> awesome. I'm hitting my pitch target. Oh, my God. I just, like, I feel like that's... <laughs> He's not wrong, Sarah. The analogy of using, like, seeds, weed, and yeah, smoke is Yeah, I'm hilarious. planting 10 seeds, baby. Oh, my God. Perfect. You're just, just planting seeds. You're a gardener. He he always in his movies that he plays in Judd Apatow movie he always has to do something with weed. He but and he's always like the weird guy who gives sage advice oh, at yes. a very random moment because yeah. he also gave the advice he's like just ask women questions. They love to talk about themselves and they don't care about what you have to say. Just <laughs> ask questions. Okay, that's it. Because women do not care about what you have to say at all anyway, you know. And all they want to do is talk about themselves. So you're just going to let them do that. Okay, so remember, questions, be cool, and be kind of a dick. That's also so accurate. You think? Like, I know this is a comedy. No, I think girls want to know about guys because, like, they want to know what they're all about and if there's any red flags. They go to a bookstore, and this is where this is where Elizabeth Banks' character comes in. When this scene happened and Andy walked up to her, the entire totality of the trend of low-rise jeans was in this scene right and of course her thong sticking above her low-rise jeans Man, I was that just was like, a thing bring me back to the early 2000s that's such a wild trend that in retrospect that like, should why never was that okay? come back <laughs> that was that was weird that trend should never come yeah, back no. low-rise jeans do not flatter anyone fight it are you starting the change.org petition to oh cancel my god well jeans? like i've seen on tiktok saying like oh low-rise jeans are coming back no don't bring them back people they're a horrible trend just review photos of you know all of the stars in Elizabeth the early Banks, 2000s yes, yes just not cool man not cool mm-mm, mm-mm. so after this uh, Elizabeth Banks shows some interest just with the way Andy's asking the questions which like is so innocent for him to be asking because he has no idea but Elizabeth Banks is taking them in such a different way well you know what the conversation worked out perfectly we have a great um, section of do it yourself do you like to do it yourself sometimes <laughs> I mean in a weird uh, way he's kind of just weird. stumbling upon the right words every time which is great so after the he is not successful at the speed dating afternoon he realizes like you know what this girl trish i really like her she really seems to like me i'm gonna work up the courage to go over to the ebay store to ask her out and she agrees okay go out on a date with him yeah let's do it make it happen so as he's setting up, she's going to come pick him up because, again, he drives a bicycle. So she's <laughs> going to come pick him up for the date. And his friends say, oh, man, like, she's coming to your apartment. Like, your apartment is, like, is a teenage dream, not a 40-year-old dream of a woman walking in there. You need – we need to basically clean it out. So they do. Is his apartment as is? Like, before they clean it out, basically take everything out of it. Um, do you think it would put off a woman? Like, I mean, you tell me. I like, like you said, teenage dream. I, I would be at home there. But if you walked into a forty-year-old dude's house, you're about to go on a date, and he has GI Joes, he has a whole stack of, you know, Marvel and DC comic books. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I would. I would just kind of be like, what? Why? I would. I would have questions. Like, I would be like, why? Um, why what is the weirdest, and why? What, what's the strangest thing you've seen in a dude's house or apartment? Like a single guy. When I was in university, some of my guy friends, they all lived together. And they, for some reason, I don't know why, but whenever they had a party, they would always punch the wall. And so they had all these holes in walls. And so one afternoon, they decided that they were going to take a children's coloring book and rip pages out of it and color it and then put them over the holes so that their landlord never found out. So when you'd walk into their houses, there were pizza boxes all over. And I'm just like, are you collecting pizza boxes from pe- different pizzas around, like pizza places around town? And then putting them up on the wall to say like, hey, you checked that off your list. No, it was to hide big gigantic holes as well as smaller holes were um, hidden by the coloring book pages. 
Okay, there are a lot of red flags to that story, Sarah. So they just punch walls. Well, no, they don't punch walls, but it like... It seems like toxic and destructive. Yes. Well, it was definitely destructive. Um, Like, it wasn't crazy. It was mostly... I don't know. It was mostly in the living room and kitchen. Um... Yeah, <laughs> natural was, places to punch walls. It was you know, quite, it was quite I'm a, making my pizza pockets in the morning. And I, just, <laughs> ah, I just gotta uh, smash a wall. It was quite a party house. <laughs> like it was a party house. So I don't think it was like all them doing it. Stop trying to justify these guys punching walls. Well, like because I'm like I'm like I don't think like it's not like they went up to walls and just like punch them for practice. Well, like, I how, think, uh, okay, so how did it occur? I don't know. <laughs> Every time I went, there were just more. There were extra holes. Yeah. And, and then, you went into this house and you're like, there's a guy in here who I'm still going to see. No, no, no. They were, they, this was just friends. These were just guy oh, friends. No, I wasn't you dating any of them. seeing any of these no, guys. No, 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 no. They were just oh, friends. So you just hung out with them for pleasure, for, for just for a companionship. Yeah, they were friends. Oh, that seems, <laughs> God, like what kind of decisions were you making, sir? Did you ever partake in the punching no, of the holes in the wall? No, no, no. But okay. I remember going to a party. And all of their doors were off of the hinges. And I never understood why the doors were off of the hinges. Uh, all of the doors and all of the, like, in the entire house. That's strange. Yeah, it was really weird. So this movie, in my mind, is kind of two parts. There is the time before Andy's dating Trish, and then there's the time after. So we are officially into the phase of the movie where they're going out on dates. 20 dates, to be exact, before they can have sex. That's kind of mm. what they decide. So one night, Andy's telling Trish about how he dreams about opening his own electronic store, but that he doesn't have the money. So she comes up with the idea, why don't you sell some of your collectibles? And that would help him, you know, raise the money or, or get the money to open his own store. And he agrees. And it, it is a really great idea. I mean, she clearly now knows that... He has collectibles and many of them and she's accepted that. So, you know, in his, in his mind, he really should say like, if she's accepted this part of me, which is probably just as wild as him being a virgin at 40, um, then he would, ex- you know, she would accept him being a virgin at 40. Uh, no. Being into action figures is still not as strange as being a virgin at 40 for sure. I mean, it does throw a lot of red flags up there as to why he's a virgin at 40. Like, what are those red flags? Like several. Yeah. Like, why have you not had sex? What happened? I need to know. Like like I said, when you're with the guys, you're like, all right, I, I need to know the whole story. Give me I guess everything. That's true. From age 18 to now. Yeah, what, what happened? Are all, what are all the moments that occurred that you did not do it? Andy also takes Trisha's daughter to the health clinic to get birth control. And this is kind of where she actually, played by Kat Dennings. Yeah, uh, Marla. Finds, Marla finds out that Andy is, in fact, a... 40 year old virgin and she doesn't care either i'm telling you so this is one of my best scenes really just because i knew the waxing moment was going to be yours so i'm like what else could i do um yeah he's he's asking all these stupid questions does anybody else have a question um i have uh i have a question i think some of the people here might be sexually inexperienced is it true that if you don't use it you lose it is that a serious question no, it wasn't. Okay. So Andy was kind of like she could see. Everybody else thought he was joking, but she could see that he was just as naive as she was yeah. in regards to the whole which was really cute. doing it thing. Yeah, yeah. It created a little bit of bonding between them, which is nice. Yes. Because Marla previously almost saw them doing it. Yeah, like well, he, Trish and that was Andy when they had trouble with the condoms because he didn't know how to put on a condom. Yeah. Have you ever had a not knowing how to put on a condom moment? No. No, I haven't. Really? Like even the guy not knowing how to put on a condom or anything? No, I don't think okay. so. Right. No. no. <laughs> I guess they didn't divulge this information to and you if anyway. If they did, yeah, they played it off pretty well, yeah. I guess. Like well, they yeah. figured it out. They weren't <laughs> reading the packages. Yeah. I mean, I think as a guy, you want to have that kind of figured out before the first time. Well, right? I don't, I don't want to take too many shots at Andy, but like um, for a girl to not know... Fair enough. Yeah. For a guy to not know, you literally have the device needed to practice. Totally. Connected to your body at all times. Like, just, it's there. Yeah, and like, con- buying condoms, going to a, 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 like a store to go buy condoms is not a weird thing for a man to do. No. So, so grab, Andy, grab a pack and practice. <laughs> it's it's easy. So, it is their 20th date, and they get into a fight. And I think this is Andy pushing her away because he knows that this is the 20th date. And he knows that he has to come to terms with either telling her that he is a virgin or trying it out and seeing how terrible it goes. Yeah. Um, and he kind of puts it 
to his toys, saying that she made him sell his toys and come up with this idea for the electronic store. She's like, whoa, what is happening? But it truly all goes back to his sex life and him being a virgin. Yeah, he like you could tell that during those 20 days, he wasn't worried about the sex, yeah. so they, they were having a great relationship. And all of a sudden, it's back on the table, and he's anxious, and he kind of reverts back to his comfort zone. His comfort zone being like, you're trying to make me sell all this stuff that I loved and that I've always loved and that's kept me occupied when I didn't care about all, you know, being Having in a relationship. a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes out with his friends and gets wasted and brings home the girl from the bookstore, Beth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. And... Talk about it. I'm not going to. <laughs> it's an awkward scene. Okay. Um, it's really teed up that she is wild she is wild in the sheets yes yes and they go back to is it her place or his place it's her place it's her place um and she kind of jumps in the bath she thinks he's crazy and she jumps in the bath and and she's having a time by herself if that makes sense and andy's kind of just standing there watching her like what have i done like i i can't do this this is this is a lot i just need to tell trish how i feel it's funny because all three of the other guys show up Jay, David, and Cal. Yeah, which is like, how do you know? They explain this because Jay, yes. who we talked about, is kind of casually on cheating girlfriend. on his girlfriend. Casually. And so they pop in, and Andy's like, how are you guys here? And Jay's like, dude, like I banged this girl like a month ago, so like I got a key. And yeah, a key. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, that is wild. Or maybe that he knew where she lived. So they they talk Andy off the, just go and talk to Trish, or get you got to get out of here. Yeah, because he realizes that he loves her. With that said, Cal, Seth Rogen's character, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm just going to hang back, guys. Which is totally like, that is the perfect situation for Cal. Yeah, great situation for Cal. Yeah. He's just he's just here being a little bit of a wallflower. Hey, do you need, you need any, you any need help? help? <laughs> oh my God, Beavis that's, that's and my Butthead? Seth Rogen. Uh, that's that, my Seth Rogen laugh. I feel like that was a little bit of Beavis and Butthead. Mm, I think it was kind of close. Mm, okay. So he does go back to the apartment and to find Trish there, and she finds all of the porn in a box. Right, so she thinks he's a sexual deviant. A hundred percent. She's like, what were you going to do to me? And all of his, I wrote weird shit that he was given. She storms out. He chases after her on his bicycle. So the short of it is, he explains to her, listen, like, I've never done it before. Blah, blah, blah. They have this really great emotional you know, revelation moments. Yes. And then we kind of just jump to, they're getting married. Yes, a year later. A year later, they get married. Um, They still haven't done it, by the way, because the priest says, make sure you consummate the marriage, you two. Ha ha ha. And then we jump to them consummating the marriage multiple times. Having a great time. So we get a nice little closing uh, of the movie of they're together. Andy... Even though he hasn't had sex until he was forty, he's still he he's nailing it. He's doing a great job, and they didn't lose it. He did not lose it, and they're gonna live happily ever after. Okay, yeah. And then mm-hmm. we get the song. At the okay, because I was gonna say this is my honorable mention. <clears throat> nice, because this was gonna be my best scene, but I had to. I hey, had this to is my honorable mention too. Stop it! You had another honorable mention. You said no. I've got another. What should have been? Oh. Well, I had Jane Lynch as my honorable mention, assuming right. you would say that. Okay, so The Age of Aquarius. God. This is my honorable mention because it's so funny because this was going to be my best scene, but I had to have my best scene as the waxing scene. Right. Movies need to do more of this. 100% they, they need do. to do more of the choreographed dance number at the end. I just, I love it. I love it so much, yes. especially with like the zaniness of the characters on display. Yeah, and there's something similar in Anchorman when they have the afternoon delight. It's in the middle of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, they could have tied something in at the end of the movie and had like really funny bloopers. I just it it brings so much camaraderie and and just fun to the movie. Yeah, well Bring It On also has a, a yes. dance number at the yes. oh, oh hey, Mickey, yeah, you're so yeah, fun, you're so fun. They they do like a little dance at the end and it really yeah, you're right. It, it kind of, especially because the credits are rolling. Yeah. It feels like there is just this atmosphere in the movie when they were filming it that they're like, let's do this stupid friggin' dance <laughs> yeah. for the credits. You I know? love it. And maybe it was supposed to be in the middle of the movie. I don't know. Maybe. Or part of the wedding scene. Who knows? But I just loved it. Yes. Quick facts. 
The scene where Andy had his chest hair removed required five cameras set up for the shot. Steve Carell's chest hair was actually ripped out in the scene. Carell told director Judd Apatow just before shooting the scene, it has to be real. It won't be as funny if it's mocked up or if it's a special effect. You have to see that this is really happening. For obvious reasons, it had to be done in one shot. So Steve Carell actually got his wi- his nipple waxed. Yes, yeah. That's dedication to a role. So during the waxing scene, the actress playing the waxer almost ripped Steve Carell's nipple off. <laughs> she didn't realize you're supposed to coat the nipples in Vaseline prior to waxing. <sighs> Fortunately for the actor, Judd Apatow realized what was happening and yelled, cut, just in time. No. So Tom Cruise does all these wild action movies and he does all his own stunts. I got more respect for Steve Carell, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. that That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> To prepare for this role as Andy, Steve Carell lost 30 pounds for the role. Judd Apatow was originally nervous about the transformation, stating that he didn't think that comedians wanting to look good is ever good for comedy. However, he gradually realized that Carell being ripped was a good idea as it helped establish that Andy was only a virgin because he's shy and nervous, not because of his looks. Yeah. And it's also like, what are you doing at home all this time? I'm learning how to play trombone. I'm I'm doing some push-ups here and there. (laughs) Yeah. When Katherine Keener was cast, Steve Carell told Judd Apatow that her casting had legitimized the film's credibility. According to Seth Rogen, Steve Carell was so nervous that the film would be shut down by the studio that he had the writers prepare a backup version of the script that didn't contain a single word of profanity. The producers were planning to have a sequel by the name of Knocked Up with almost the same cast, but in the end, they released Knocked Up in 2007 as a separate movie and not related to this one. That's my what should have been. Keep going, though. The counselor at the health clinic where Andy takes Marla is played by Steve Carell's real-life wife, Nancy Carell. The We Sell Your Stuff on eBay store was a real store. It was written into the script after the location was chosen. Judd Apatow had a part written for Jason Segel with a character named Jason, but Apatow couldn't get the studio to approve his casting. Judd Apatow advised Jason Segel, because of his unique brand of humor, to consider writing material for himself. Thus, Jason Siegel wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which came out in 2008, which Apatow served as one of the producers. The electronic store featured in the movie was not a set, but a repurposed Staples store that had just shut down. Smart Tech is loosely based on the Circuit City chain. The beautiful old Guatemalan love song sung by <laughs> Javier to Paula translates to, When I clean my room, I can't find anything. Where are you going in such a hurry? To the soccer game? Jane Lynch has told several interviewers that these lyrics were really a practice dialogue that she remembered from a high school Spanish class. That's funny. The movie ended up being instrumental to making the U.S. version of The Office in 2005 into an Emmy-winning smash hit. After the show's first season, the producers were worried because Steve Carell's Michael Scott's character was coming across as nasty and menacing when they didn't want him to. After seeing his performance here in this movie, they used some of its elements to transform Michael Scott into a man who was still a buffoon, but was more clueless than mean and had some genuine skill. Jonah Hill got heatstroke filming the final dance number during the credits. Jonah Hill's in the final dance thing? Yeah, because he was in the movie. Where was he? He was oh, in the he was asking sto- for eBay the- store trying to buy the heels. <laughs> he was in this movie. Wait, and he was in the final dance number? Yeah. That's so random. I didn't even notice him. Judd Apatow's daughter came up with the idea of having the drunken Nikki, played by Apatow's wife, Leslie Mann, fall asleep while driving Andy to her place and bouncing off parked cars. <laughs> in this scene where Andy and Trish go on their first date to have dinner at Benihana's, it is the same Benihana's used in the show The Office. I was going to say, it's it looks similar. That's yogurt that Leslie Mann vomits up all over Steve Carell in the car. Steve Carell was 43 years old and had been married for 10 years and was already the father of two children when this movie was released in 2005. Wow. Elizabeth Banks, who plays Beth, was commuting back and forth between L.A. and Vancouver since at the same time she was shooting this movie, she was also in Canada working on Slither that came out in 2006. She also was around 30, 31 when this movie came out. This is Mindy Kaling's film debut. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. This represents the first time Steve Carell ever kissed anyone on screen. David, Cal, and Jay are believed to be in the same age group. However, Seth Rogen, who played Cal, was only 22 years old at the time of filming, while Paul Rudd and Romani Malko were in their mid-30s to 40s. Premiere voted this movie as one of 
the 50 greatest comedies of all time in 2006. Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, Leslie Mann, and Jonah Hill also appeared together in Knocked Up. The 20-date countdown calendar of Andy's has only six-day columns instead of a normal seven-day work week or (laughs) seven-day week. That's funny. Jonah Hill and Carla Gallo have appeared in five films together. Superbad, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and Funny People. Elizabeth Banks and Seth Rogen later co-star in Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Elizabeth Banks went on to work in a few films with Paul Rudd in Role Models, Our Idiot Brother, and Wet Hot American Summer. And Jane Lynch and Paul Rudd would later work together in the movie Role Models in 2008. And now we've done we've done our honorable mention. We have. Right on to what should have been. I don't have what should have been. You do, though. I'm excited to hear it. You kind of mentioned it in your quick facts. I think Judd Apatow should have planned his movies better because he uses so many of the same actors in literally everything. I really wish he could have somehow connected the storylines like how you talked about how knocked up was supposed to kind of be a sequel to this i really wish they could have done that like if paul rudd's character in knocked up was just like to talk to seth's character like you you look so much like a dude i used to work with like not even make it part of the same universe but maybe some kind of like wink yes yeah 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 like almost like playing into like the audience like yeah yeah I don't know, something. The Marvel movies do an amazing job of that, of kind of just like winking to the audience about other things in the Marvel universe that like, if you've watched all of them, you know exactly (laughs) what they're talking about and it's hilarious. But if you don't know, you just like, it's just a quick line. Yeah, yeah, it glazes over. I think they could have done that really well. I think you're right. I think he's done so many great movies with, like you said, the same actors that he could he could tie them in all together, kind of like Pixar does. Or yes, you know? just yeah. make yeah, make them in the same universe or something. I don't know. And now, overall rewatchability, I have chemistry three, storyline five, amazing thirst factor three. I mean, no offense to Steve Carell, he's no Kevin Bacon. Imagination, five. Soundtrack, four. Cheese, five. For an overall score of 4.16 out of five. All right. So mine is Chemistry, 3.75. Storyline, 4.75. Thirst Factor, 3.75. Right, because he's not a Kevin Bacon. No. Um, Imagination, 4.2. Soundtrack, 3.65. Cheese, four. For an overall score of four out of five. Like, 4.16 for me, even that felt low. It what? feels closer to a 5. Oh, my God. So the no, fact no, that you're no, 4, no, 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 no. Ooh. I'm so close to you. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe and follow. If you have any thoughts or opinions on Instagram, at Rewind, and we're also on TikTok. Thanks for listening.